Welcome back, my loves. Before we get to the podcast, I have an announcement. I'm very excited to share with you that my Wake Up With Nikki Confidence Series is ready. If you know you have potential to make a bigger impact, but you're holding yourself back, you know you're playing small, you don't share your message, you create content, you don't post it, you're dying to get up on stage, but you won't do it. You won't even raise your hand in a meeting to share your opinion sometimes. If you worry about what other people are thinking and you hold yourself back from speaking your truth, then this series is a must because the world absolutely needs you and you need you to shine your brightest and speak your truth and share your message. You're here to make a difference. And the only way to do that is to be bold and brave and vulnerable and authentic. The world needs you, your unique gifts. You are one of a kind. And that's what this program will teach you is how to celebrate that unique greatness and then align it with your vision and who you need to be to get there. It's an incredibly powerful program. I share with you all of my favorite, most effective tools so that you can become the most resilient version of yourself. Nothing will phase you. You ride life's waves with grace and ease. And you'll make decisions with more trust and conviction. You'll actually learn how to get guidance so you can get unstuck. You can tune in. Your body is a tuning fork and you've got spirit angels guiding you. So you're going to learn how to ask and receive support. It's really fun and it creates so much ease and flow. If this all sounds juicy for you... Go to wakeupwithnikki.com and sign up right away. This will change your life. I'm so excited. You can also book a call with me. On the top right corner, you'll see a book a call option. So I'm here to answer questions for you. I'm on this journey with you. I'm so excited to share all that I've learned with you. So wakeupwithnikki.com and here we go. We'll start the podcast. Welcome back, my loves. I am very excited to introduce you to the Ray Perez. I believe that your name requires a the because <laughs> you're that unique. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I am so excited to be here. Uh, I'm so excited to have you. I want to hear what you're all about. You uh, visually are, are stimulating, if I may say. You, you like the mohawk. You've got the cool style. Uh, you're a branding expert. How do you like to be introduced? Well, I'm known as the number one global branding expert, and that's not like a self-given title. If, if you go to Google right now and you type in global branding expert, which is pretty generic, it's not like in Miami or something like that, I will own page one and two of Google. Wow. And never paid for a penny of marketing or advertising. It's just 100% organic. Um, I am in branding and marketing, specifically personal branding. So I, I think it kind of attests to what I do and I live and breathe. Um, but really, for me, it's all about being an entrepreneur who's really passionate about in elevating leaders so that they can make more impact in the world and monetize their mission. That's like really who I truly am. Beautiful. How do you support those leaders in standing out, especially when it's a saturated market? Like, a coach, right? Mm-hmm. There are so many coaches. Well, I wrote a book called Cracking the Celebrity Code. Mm. Because if you really consider the term celebrity, 
and you ask yourself, what is a celebrity? It's not a human being. A celebrity is a status that is placed upon another human being by other human beings. Mm, okay. So the question that I had was, how do you build this perception of value in a human being's mind about another human being? How? It's what they see, what they hear, and what they read about a person multiplied by the amount of exposures over time. Right. Meaning the more that they see, hear, and read about this person, obviously it must be content that is high, you know, has a high perception of value, whatever it is. But the more you see that, the, that perception in the person's brain starts to go up and up and up and up until they get to a point of celebrity. And typically when we think celebrity, we think movie star, TV, TV star, right. musician, sports athlete. Yeah. Because those are like the big categories where people can be worldwide celebrities. But people are celebrities in business. People are celebrities in all different types of arenas in that niche. Take Michael Jordan, for example. He was a celebrity in sports. Right. Right? He did make a movie or two, but he didn't really become a celebrity in the movies, right? You know, he did Space Jam and the internet. But think about it. He's known for sports. Hmm. And if we traveled to, you know, a place in Africa and we were hanging out with the tribesmen and they don't know who Michael Jordan is, would he still be a celebrity to them? Hmm. And the answer is no. He's a celebrity in America or like in a certain region that knows them. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. If my uh, three-year-old nephew, who has no idea who Michael Jordan is, is he still a celebrity? Yes, technically, right. To who? Right. Not to him. Right. Yeah. And as the years go on, and our children less and less and less and less and less know about who Michael Jordan is and more about who LeBron James is, eventually we'll get to a point... I mean, he was such a big celebrity that he's, you know, he's probably the one that will be known forever, right? But in the end of the day, realize less people will know him as a celebrity. Hmm. So the real question as entrepreneurs, right, is how do we create that type of perception of value in another person's mind about us? And that's the book I wrote, and that's what I teach in my, my events and that's what we actually do for our clients as well. Mm. I'm hearing the undercurrent of, of course, you're providing value, right? That's, that's kind of the given. But then the real key is touch points, the number of touch points. I call it exposure, but you're 100% correct. Yeah. The key is the amount of touch points or exposure points. The more you can increase your exposure points, the faster that perception of value goes up. That's why you've heard the saying, content is king. Mm. And if you think about any influencer in the marketplace, what are they spending their time doing? Creating more content, which is more touch points or right. more exposure points. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Now, the better quality, the more engaging, the more that you can connect with it. We can, we can go down the rabbit hole of what is good content slash exposure slash touch points. 
And we can have an entire podcast just on that alone. Go there for one second, though, please, because the quality is interesting. Some people like the raw, just like in your kitchen video. And then others seem to create this more professional looking, really well curated video that makes them look more professional. Like where's how do you know which which end of the spectrum you need to fall in? There is no wrong or right Uh because it depends who your target market is. True. And most people when they ask this question or they're trying to figure this out for their business, they're not actually asking the right question. The question first is, have you clearly defined who your target market is first? Once you've defined your target market, then we must craft the message to speak to that target market. And once we've crafted the message, then we choose the media to deliver the message, the target market. And I call that the triangle, the marketing triangle of success. So first we figure out the target market, then we figure out the marketing message, then we figure out the media of how we're going to deliver it. Mm. And, and, you know, video is obviously one of the most powerful medias that we can deliver. And the reason why is because video does everything in one. It relates the visual, the verbal, and it actually delivers the emotional as well. Because people listening to this right now can hear us. And, and, and just so we're clear, language the verbal identity when you're building a brand identity is the number one most important. Mm. There's nothing more important than the verbal identity. And in video specifically, who's the most powerful marketing tool in the world, the most important part of video is the audio. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You can have a video that's black and white and blurry as heck, and you can watch that entire video as long as you can hear what they're saying. Or you can have the most HD, 8K, 3D, <laughs> looks like you're walking through the freaking screen video. And if the audio is not good, they're gone in the first 10 seconds. Interesting. Think about that. Huh. When you're doing any type of video production, audio is the most important. So I want to play devil's advocate because I have shied away from video only because I actually like shutting off the eyes, the, the eye component, which gives you more opportunity to kind of judge and get lost in what you're seeing versus what you're actually hearing and being able to just have that solo entry point of auditory, I think might support the brain in really hearing the message. Is that false? No, I completely agree with you. Like the other day I was having fun and put a blindfold on someone. It was like, Hey, you're going to experience this way more, way more. Right. And, and it's a hundred percent true, but a lucky girl. And I always believe in the concept of triple dipping. You might've heard me say that before you, you do one action and I like to get at least two to three results out of it. So yes, I agree with you, but that doesn't mean that you're going to reduce the amount of touch points or exposure points that you can have to your target market because that's true. Got it. So that truth still lies and you'll still utilize that. Yeah. But you also want to get two more benefits out of the same exact strategy, which is why we're recording this on video today, right. which you typically don't, right? because I'm going to make sure that we're going to triple dip this interview yeah. into multiple touch points, right. exposure points to the world so we can maximize your status as you continue to go up to people who don't know who you are. Makes sense. And, and me as well, right? I'm going to utilize yeah. it for sure. Yeah, great. Yeah, it makes sense. And, under, and, and consider this. Even though people know who you are, it's not like you ever stop 
working on increasing that value. Mm. Just because you know what Coca-Cola is, are they going to stop putting their brands out? Just because you know McDonald's, they're going to stop doing commercials? Think about that for a second. Do you think anyone does not know who Coca-Cola and McDonald's are? Right. The whole world. The whole freaking world does. Yeah. But you still see commercials, billboards, bus stops. You know, like they're still doing branding and marketing. They're at a point in their business where their branding is to stay top of mind. Mm. It's not branding to be known. They're not on that branding scale. We're working on branding to be known. They're already known. They're branding to stay top of mind. Because if you don't stay top of mind, you know what happens? You fall. Your competitors. Ah, come in. They'll go to Burger King. Yeah. They'll go to Wendy's. They'll go to uh, In-N-Out. So they need to keep branding themselves to stay top of mind so the kids want to go get the Happy Meal and go play with uh, Ronald McDonald and buy more McDonald's. Because if even though they're well-known, the brand is solidified, if they stop branding and they stop marketing, their competitors will continue to brand and market and they will lose huge market share. Mm, yeah. This, this goes deep because there's yeah. so many... Le- like, I have a little bit of a... <clears throat> a little rub against branding people in the world uh-huh. because yeah, I am the global branding expert for a reason. And I say that because branding's not one thing. Branding is a multitude of different strategies all wrapped into one. And most people don't understand the difference between branding and marketing. Uh, please share. So <laughs> <laughs> branding is who you are. Uh-huh. Marketing is what you do and sales is what you say interesting okay all right and here's my rub my rub is this there's people out in the marketplace that say i'm a branding expert but they're really a photographer who takes really good photos for your branding or i'm a branding expert but they're really a graphic designer that creates really great beautiful graphics for your brand or i'm a branding expert they're a web designer that builds beautiful websites or logos for your brand or my favorite i'm a branding expert they focus on social media specifically instagram and they call themselves a branding expert and to be honest with you yes you will build your brand on social media but when you're putting content on social media you're technically not branding. You're, what are you doing? You're marketing. marketing. Yeah. So they're not, even, they're not even accurate in what they're saying. It's like writing a sentence and a, and a grammar person's like, that's not correct English grammar. But the rest of the world doesn't know because it's conversational grammar. Like I can see when someone's like, oh, I'm a branding expert. No, you're not. You are a social media marketing specialist. You specialize in marketing people's brands through social media. So yes, you're assisting them in building their brand through the marketing that services you're providing through the media of social, specifically usually Instagram. Right. But you are not a branding expert because you don't even understand how to build a brand. You don't even understand what the visual identity, verbal identity, value identity, you understand the emotion of colors and how to create an expert title, a USP. There's so many elements to building a brand. Now what happens is this, effectiveness. It doesn't mean you can't build a very successful business and make a lot of money Mm. with all these people and strategies. 
It's just if you had all the pieces of the puzzle, you'd have an even more effective business and you'd make even more money and you can make even more impact. Speak to, you said branding is about who you are. And so you're supporting people in uncovering and really expressing that. So who they are is, is visually what you see or uh, go there a little okay, bit. Okay, so building a brand, to mm-hmm. build your brand identity, there's three pillars. The three Vs, visual, verbal, and value. Visual, verbal, and value. Okay, go. Okay, so a, a visual identity is what you look like, right? So people can identify you. Right. Uh, a, a logo, for example, for a company, right? Um, there's In Florida, there's a, a supermarket called Publix. Yeah. Do you know what the sign color is for Publix? Green. Green, right? So imagine you travel to a different state and you go to Publix because you have to get something and you show up to Publix and the sign is blue. Yeah. How do you feel? Hey, they're knocking it off. It's, it's a it, fake. Yeah, wait, is this fake? Is this the right public? <laughs> now, you probably wouldn't just get back into your car and leave because you need to get something. So you still go inside, but you'd be a little bit like weary about it, right? Yeah. So I want you to think about that feeling that you just felt when you like saw that blue sign. That's the feeling people have when they come across your multiple social medias and see different images of you. Mm. Now, women, it's, it's, it's even deeper because women change their hair colors and they change their outfits and they, all this different stuff. But think about it. You go to Instagram, you got one photo. You go to YouTube, you got another photo. You go to Facebook, you got another photo. You go to LinkedIn, you got another photo. Is this even the same person? Is this the same brand? Hmm. So consistency in your visual identity creates instant credibility. Interesting. Okay. What people don't, and, and now this doesn't mean you're, you're going to, well, it does mean you're going to lose business. You're not going to get as much business as you could. That doesn't mean you can't make a lot of money. doesn't mean you can't be successful, right. but it doesn't mean you're not going to go into Publix. But how did you feel when you went into that blue signed Publix? That's what I'm concerned about when I'm building a client's brand. I'm concerned about the feeling that the other human beings that are going to interact with that person's brand, how they're going to experience. Most branding people or marketing agencies are not going down to the psychological experience that one human being has with another human being. That's what really gets into the core of branding. Now, having that consistency is you look the same. Yeah. So you want to have, you know, you can have a multiple photo shoots and you could be posting all this different content on your social media, but your profile image is like your logo. You don't change the color and look of your profile photo and have different logos on different stores. So your logo, which is your image, needs to be consistent across all the medias. That would be number one. Okay. Visual also has to do with colors. I would say, if they haven't worked with a marketing agency or they haven't worked with me and my team, most entrepreneurs pick their color based on something they like. Turquoise. All right. It's so funny you say that. And you're wearing the, the, the brand color, right? So I always say you don't choose your brand color because grandma gave you a purple blanket when you were a little girl and your hair is purple and your wall is purple and everything in your car is purple and you have purple nails. And I love purple so much. So turquoise is my color. No, that's not how you pick your brand color. There's something called the color emotion chart. Right. And we look at that chart and it has a bunch of words that are emotions. And I tell my client, look at those words. Tell me what emotion you want your client to experience when they come across your brand. Mm. And based on that emotion, that's how we choose your color. Right. Not a color that you like. I don't care if you don't like your color. If it's the right emotion 
that you want your audience to have, that's how we choose the color. Yeah. A lot of people make a comment to me, which I dislike, but I get it. They're like, Ray, all your clients are blue. Why do you make all your clients branding blue? Trusted. Blue is a trust color. Yep. Why do you think almost every bank and health insurance company is blue? It's not a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. It, they've done millions of dollars in market research. Blue is a trust color. You want to sell people lots of money and keep paying you, you use blue as your color, mm-hmm. whether you like blue or not. Right. Yeah. Now, you don't have to. Right. You don't have to be more effective. You don't have to be more efficient. You don't have to make more money. You don't have to serve more people. Right. Does that make sense? Right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. n- another thing I'm saying is like you have to. It's just like, look, some people are struggling and some people want better results. These are the tiny little tweaks that you make and will make a long-term intrinsic difference. You know, they, uh, uh, they say little hinges swing big doors. These are the tiny details that nobody's actually thinking about because nobody's really teaching it, you know? Um, that makes a big difference. Yeah. So visual identity is your look, right? Your photo, that particular look, and then your brand colors and okay. having consistency across all your medias. That's your visual identity. Okay. Verbal is the most important. Verbal is the language you use. Now, specifically in a brand, and it could be a business or it can be a person, the most important is your USP, unique selling proposition. Anybody that's studying anything in marketing knows what a USP is. And that's basically your value to the world. Mm. It's not what you do. It's what you do for them. Okay. There's a huge difference between what you do and what you do for them. And the way to clarify that for those that are listening and that are entrepreneurs and are not really clear, ask yourself the question, what are the top five results that your product or service delivers to your audience? Write those top five results down. Once you have the five results, write three benefits of each one of the five results. That will give you the language that you need to create your USP. Yeah, that's good quality detail. Because people don't buy products or services. They buy them for the benefits of what they get from those products or services. And I always make the analogy of an iPhone. If I got a brand new, iPhone 14 Pro Max, brand spanking new. I can give it to you for a hundred bucks. Would you like to buy it? Yes, please. Awesome. The only thing is it doesn't turn on. (laughs) But it's only a hundred bucks. Minor detail. Yeah. You still want it? No. Why not? Because it's useless. But it's an iPhone 14 Pro Max. Yeah, I get it. So the value is not in the actual phone. The value is what the phone will do. Right. So people will talk about the phone, they'll talk about their product or service, they don't talk about the results and the benefits of it. Makes sense. So the verbal is the most important. Now, specifically in personal branding, for those that are, are thinking of how do I brand myself, not just my company, the second piece of, of verbal identity would be your expert title. The expert title is who you are in the world. And this is a really tough one to create because there's a difference between coming up with a name, that, like marketing message that you want the world to be like, oh, you're such a rock star opposed to coming up with a true identity of who you really are in the world. That's the process that we go through a personal brand strategy session. I charge $2,500 to do this 90-minute session. People are like, it's crazy, but the result that comes out of it is transformative because it's like 
a perfect expression of who you are into the world, a communication that you'll use for the rest of your life, and it allows people to be drawn in and connect with you. Yeah, this would be something I would definitely need support with because to summarize all that I do is ridiculous. Like holistic spiritual life coach doesn't even scratch the surface. <laughs> it's interesting you say that. And it's annoying. And you're not the only one. I, I want you not to feel bad in any way. And anyone who's listening that's like, yeah, me too. This is the number one challenge for every entrepreneur. I've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs building their brands. I've had people break down in tears going through this process. Like after like 40 years of being in entrepreneurship or, you know, doing their business. They're like, this is the first time that I'm clear on who I am and how to communicate it to the world. And it's like breaking down. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't realize how powerful this is because clarity and who a person is, not just your business, like who you are in the world, mm. personal brand, not who you are in your business. Like that's the fine line that I cross. I'm not just trying to brand you to your company. That's what 95% of branding and marketing people do. They're going to put you into your business. Hmm. But you're not your business. You own your business and you may own multiple businesses. Right. So how do you brand yourself? Like, so you're going to brand yourself five different ways if you have five different businesses? Hmm. I mean, lot, that's what most... Technically. Technically, that's what... Yeah. I'm a diabetes specialist. I'm a, you know, I support people on releasing ancestral trauma. Like, I, I, you can't combine them all. So I, I will say this for the marketers that are listening, right? I do believe yeah. that the riches are in the niches. Okay. I do there. believe that. I'm a Dan Kennedy student. I'm a direct uh, response marketing student. I do believe the riches are in the niches, but here is the little tweak that I've created for myself over the years and years I've been doing personal branding. You don't have to niche specific yourself. Okay. You niche specific your businesses. Okay, so it, what I'm hearing is there's like an overarching umbrella of who I am, and then under that there are divisions of my offerings. That's exactly how I even say it. Oh. So you are the top of the umbrella <laughs> yeah. and we need to define and create clarity in who you are in this planet Okay, as a human being. And once we have that, then we can say this majestic human being owns this company that provides this niche specific product or service. And then we can dive deeper. This company has these programs, courses, and events that serve this niche specific audience. That's where I believe the riches are in the niches. But niching you as a human being and putting you in some type of category or box doesn't make any sense to me. No, and long-term it looks volatile because I've changed who I am apparently like 50 times. <laughs> With all my different companies. Well, you and 97% of every entrepreneur that's listening right now. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, some people ask me, well, 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 you're the global branding expert and that's what you do. I say, yeah, but my God-given talent is to ampli amplify leaders' message in the world so they can more, more, make more impact. And I do that through the power of, of personal branding. Like, that's my mission. That's who I am. Mm. So it's like perfect alignment it's not like my marketing message. So for me, it's uh, I support people in celebrating their greatness so that they can 
use their unique talents to make a difference in the world. Well, I will compliment you on not using the H word. I don't even know what that is. So everyone that's listening, you never want to use the H word when you're talking about what you do. What is the H word? It's a four letter H Help. Aha. Uh-huh. You didn't use it. So no. I, I'm very proud because 99% of entrepreneurs would say they're USP and say, I help people in doing X, Y, and Z, which technically is true. I know you help people, but help is a disempowering context. Right. The moment you say you're going to help someone, you're telling them something's wrong. Mm. And you're disempowering them subconsciously Yeah. before you even get out the gates. So you, you said support, which is actually one of the substitutions. For those of you that are listening that use the word help, and you might not even realize you do, support, empower, work with, partner with. I like guide. Guide. Perfect. Never use the H word when you're talking about your services. Okay. You are allowed to use the H word and encouraged when you need it. Go there. What does that mean? When you need help, you can Uh. ask for help. Why? Because when you ask for help, what are you actually doing? You're sending the message that you need support. Yeah. You're actually lowering yourself. Uh. That's why we don't tell people we're going to help them. Because the moment you say you need help, you lower yourself. Interesting. I mean, think about it. It's the psychology, yeah. I need help. When people need help, they get down on their knees and they put their hands together to pray. When you really need help, what do you do? That's what you get down, right? Yeah. So you lower yourself. So the moment you tell people you're going to help them, you are lowering them. Subconsciously, of course, right? Yeah. And I never want to do that to anybody. Love that. So I'm very conscious of my communication. That's why verbal identity is the most important. Right? When we're figuring out what your expert title is, it must create value mm. to the audience. When they hear or read that expert title, they're going to be like, oh, that's valuable to me. I'm attracted to that. And most people will introduce themselves as founder, CEO, director, president, owner. None of that provides value to the audience. It's just a position in a company. When you can create the language around who you are, it's going to attract people to you. We're not trying to sell them anything. We're just trying to create connection and attraction through your brand and through your messaging. That's why verbal identity is the most important. Beautiful. What was the third? Visual, verbal? Value. Okay. Value. This is actually the one that's the the most challenging. A lot of people have a, a visual identity and they have a verbal identity. They've worked with a marketing company. But I don't believe enough people have sat there and asked themselves this question. Why do I do what I do? Hmm. Why do I do what I do? What is your mission? What is your purpose? What is your vision? Why do you do what you do? Because when you can attach that, and if you think about the top influencers, there is some type of value connection that their audience resonates with. And they, and they verbalize it in some capacity in how they operate or what they do or what they say. Some of them are very clear about it and like, you know, this is what it is. And some of it, it just comes through their language and their speak and their content. But having a value identity is so important for longevity. Yeah. For building a big tribe of raving fans that are not just going to listen and follow and pay you money, they're also going to share you. 
And that's where the real power comes in. The more people share you, the faster you grow, the more attraction you have, the more money you can make, and the more impact in the end of the day. Because I believe money is just a means to an end. Clarify that a little bit more. So me knowing why I'm offering the things I'm offering supports some people sharing more. Explain that a little bit. So <clears throat> I'll give you an example. Yeah. So for, for me, you know, what I do is work with entrepreneurs and business owners to build their personal brand so they can attract more leads, convert more sales and more, make more impact in the world. But what I'm really passionate about is giving back. And, I, and I've created a charity called Influence with Love. And we support underprivileged youth. And we teach them entrepreneurship skills. And we mentor them. And I'm always focused on figuring out how I can give more. So when we set up our annual goals, we don't say how much do we want to make this year. We say how much do we want to give back to charity this year. Hmm. And then we work backwards. How much do we need to make so that we can give X to charity? Like this year, I'm working on giving $100,000 to charity. Now, that goes between my church, my uh, fraternity, all different types of like, several orphanages that I support. Like I have a lot of different that, that. And this is me and my company. This has nothing to do with our charity. Our charity is completely separate. My company, my for-profit business, our goal is to give $100,000 to charitable organizations in the 2023. So we need to create a certain amount of revenue to be able to give that $100,000. And that's how we lead. That is our value. That creates a different connection with your audience when they understand they know that. Beautiful. That's a really beautiful example. Thank you. I appreciate that you're doing that too. It's stunning. Thank you. Hmm. Okay, speak to the entrepreneur that wants to grow their audience. What's one of their most obvious blocks? Number one for everyone, clarity. Yeah. Got it. And to be specific, clarity in who you are. Right. Clarity <laughs> okay. in what you do. Right. And clarity in how to deliver that message. Right. I mean, think about it. You're walking around with a thousand business cards that says, I'm the CEO and president of this company. So what? Mm. I walk around with a business card that has my photo on it, all of my visual identity, verbal identity, colors, and says number one global branding expert. And it says elevating leaders to make a, a global impact in the world and monetize their mission. I don't even say what my company is. Hmm. What, is my, what does my company have to do with anything? Like what value does my company bring to the audience? Nothing. So why would I even talk about it? You take the perspective of the person. That's the difference I'm That's, hearing. Uh, I, I always take myself out of my body and I put myself into the receiver. Yeah. And remember, everyone's tuned into one station. Themselves. W-I-F-M. <laughs> What's in, in it, it for, for me? me? Yeah. So when you come from the perspective of what's in it for me, and understand, you're tuned into that station too. Yeah. So when you're creating your marketing, you're creating your marketing usually tuned into the station, what's in it for me. But when you say, okay, I'm going to create this and I'm going to do this action concerned about what's in it for them, then it changes everything. One of the number one resistance that I get from entrepreneurs is I don't want to be 
in front of my business. I don't like want to be on social media. I don't want to be in videos. Like I want to be behind the scenes and run the company and make a lot of money. And I said, okay, that's totally cool. But in most entrepreneurial service-based businesses, especially that do some type of coaching, some type of consulting, some type of training, they're the ones making the sales. They're the ones working with the customer. You can't really be behind the computer because you are the product and service. Mm. You are the reason they're buying, whether you realize it or not. And I explained this. I don't believe that you should focus on personal branding for vanity and ego. I believe you should focus on personal branding because you humble yourself and you're willing to put the spotlight on you to make a bigger in impact for more people. Good. Go there. That's exactly where I wanted you to go. How much of your personal story is good to share? Tough question to answer, but is there an oversharing concept that people should be concerned about or is, is being 100% vulnerable of like, I'm addicted to marijuana, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to be a crack addict. I right. mean, like, um, I will say this, I will say that every industry, every, every niche and every business is, is, is a, there's a time and a place for everything. But I will also say after the years and years and years of doing this and, and not only being in personal branding, but just being in business situations, I will say that the more open, honest and vulnerable that a person is, the more people they will attract. Mm. And to speak as a man in, in this country, we're not trained and brought up to be that way. We are brought up to, you know, be in charge, lead, don't cry. Everything has to work out. You keep going, you keep pushing, you don't show your emotions and you have to act as everything is, is all good. And I think that's a, a huge challenge because when you realize that the more vulnerable you are, the more connected you are to people, it's like contradictory to everything in your belief system. So then you have to actually change your belief systems, which is very hard because it's ingrained, you know, and it also depends who your target market is and what you're trying to sell. Because by being vulnerable, you will have more people that connect with you. There's no question about it. But it also depends on if people like you, they'll listen to you. But if people trust you, they'll do business with you. Hmm. So we, we have to be balanced in that vulnerability at the right place at the right time with the right audience because we do want people to connect with you. But in business, you also want people to trust you and pay you. You don't want just everyone to love you because if everyone just loves you but doesn't pay you any money, your your business is going to go out, out of business, business. right? <laughs> right. So, so that is a very challenging, but I will say I will now today, if you ask me 10 years, it might have been different, but uh, 10 years ago, but now I would say, yes, being more vulnerable definitely is going to assist you in attracting more people in your audience. You know who does a really good job of this is Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. He writes emails and just shares his journey in the most authentic, beautiful way. It, and it really makes, by the end of the email, you're like, I love this guy. But also consider who his target market is. Females, is it? Or who? Yeah, and it's not corporate America, is it? Hmm. Imagine him writing those emails to corporate executives. Yeah, that would get a very different response. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it, it, it's not that they're, they're not human beings, because they are, so it would still connect with them but I don't know if it would just be appropriate to that demographic 
because of the context, right? One thing that <clears throat> a lot of people don't consider, especially in branding and marketing, is context. Someone will give you a marketing strategy, which is a freaking awesome marketing strategy, but it's in a particular context. And the moment we take it out of that context, that brilliant marketing strategy won't be as effective. Right. Because it's not in the same context. And one of those particular examples that I will say, and I'll share this with everyone that's listening because I think it's important for efficiency and productivity and not wasting your money is social media ads, paid advertising. Most offers that you will see online about how to make money through some type of social media, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, I don't care what it is. What they're selling you is this opportunity to make more money. That's really what they're selling you. So the moment you follow their process, what you're not realizing is you're selling a service that does not offer people to make more money. Hmm. So this, usually what happens is your effectiveness is not as much as their effectiveness is because you're selling something else. If you got into the business of selling how to make money on social media and duplicated their system, <clears throat> you'd make money. Huh. Can almost guarantee it because the context stayed exactly the same. But the moment you take somebody's system that's selling how to make money on social media, you're like, oh my God, I'm gonna make money on my YouTube channels and you're selling transformation on your YouTube channel not how to make money on your YouTube channel, your results aren't the same because the context changed. Interesting. Huh. And this happens all, all the, the time. time. All right, we're coming towards the end. I want to hear about your 360 technology. It's very impressive. Uh, can you go there for a moment? So everything that I talked about in personal branding, I really dove in deep in 2016 because I became a speaker because I realized the power of speaking one to many was the most effective way to get my message out. But I realized that all the speakers were doing the same thing. And because of my branding and marketing background, not speaking background, I was like, I can be more effective at this. What were they all doing that's the same? Lead capturing with a landing page from stage, giving out their contact information on a slide with their email. Like trying to, you know, you wanna connect with your audience. You wanna, the most important thing ever in marketing is building a list. Most people would say making a sale. No, that's not the most important. Because when you build your list, you can continue to make sales forever. You can make your sales, you can make affiliate sales, joint venture partner sales, you can resell them new products and services. You can make sales forever when you get people's information. Hmm. Most speakers, their goal is to get in front of that audience and sell. That is my secondary goal. As a marketer, I know if I'm in front of an audience, I want to capture as much of these people's information as I can and bring them on my list. And then eventually I will sell to them in one capacity or another. Or, or they'll share me with someone and I'll sell to their friends or something, right? Because they resonate with me. So I wanted to figure out how can I do that more effectively? Now, speaking or let's call it presenting, you're making a presentation, could be live in person, could be virtual on a Zoom or Skype, Google Meet, whatever you use. Could be digital, meaning it's pre-recorded. It could be on a Facebook Live. It could be on Instagram. It could be on a podcast. <laughs> I'm basically doing right now a one-on-one -on -one presentation that's being broadcasted digitally to thousands and thousands of people. 
this, is, this interview is still a presentation that I'm doing. So what I wanted to figure out was how do I take all my branding, marketing knowledge, pack it into this new way of communicating one to many that's the most effective way to communicate as an entrepreneur. And how can I maximize my connection to my audience? And how can I lead capture? So if we take everything I've talked about, a visual identity, verbal identity, value identity, maximizing exposure touch points, how do we do that through this power of this presentation? And I was like, social media. That's how you're going to connect with people. That's how people research one another. That's how they build rapport. Let's be honest. Do you prefer to look at somebody's website or their social media to build a relationship and to learn about them? No, I stalk them on Instagram. Of course. <laughs> and if you were a little bit more, if you were a little older and if you were a little bit more corporate, you'd be on what, what channel? LinkedIn. Exactly. And if you were um, a lot younger, you'd be on? TikTok. Exactly. So, so you, can see, you can be a branding expert too, right? So you get it, right? So, but... You have multiple different people with multiple different preferences of social media, as you just exempt. So what do we do if we're speaking to an audience of thousands of different people? Right. And my idea was, what if we had it all in one place? What if we had 360, all of our content, all of our socials, all of our websites, all of our podcasts, TV shows, talk shows, media. I'm on Forbes. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in Los Angeles Tribune. How do I put all that stuff on my website? It's not possible. And that's how I said, if there was a technology where I can pull all of it together in one place and allow people to maximize their exposure points, their touch points with me, my perception of value would go up mm. and my relationship and my connection would be stronger than every other speaker out there. And I know that business is built on relationships. So instead of trying to sell my audience, I focus on creating more connection with my audience through a simple one link site that will do what I just explained, which will then lead to more business. And that's how I invented a 360 site. And then a lot of people nowadays, because there's so many competitors that are doing what we do, and they're like, well, what's the difference between a link tree and a 360? And I'm like, the reality is there is no difference. Linktree is exactly like a 360. Just like a Honda is exactly like a Ferrari. They're both cars. They both get you from point A to point B, right? But would you say there's a difference between a Honda and a Ferrari? Yes. What's the difference? Quality. And performance. Performance, yes. A 360 was built for entrepreneurs. It was built for entrepreneurs who understand what I'm teaching. They understand that the power of connection and relationship is number one in business. I charge more money for a 360 than anyone would ever consider paying because I have a marketing strategy that will deliver a hundred times return on that investment. And a link tree is free and you're going to get what you get. It's just your links in one place, which is, which is cool. There's, not, like, there's a time and a place for that. But if you understand what everything I've said, which is why I do a three-day course that teaches people this because they won't understand what I said if they're not trained. There's a way to create more exposure. There's a way to capture people's information in a relationship-driven way, which is the key. Not a landing page, not an opt-in form, not a get my checklist and my book and all that stuff that every speaker and every entrepreneur on the planet is doing. There's a more effective way that I teach. And, and I'm happy to give that away. So like people can sign up for a free 360 site and once they go in, they meet with my team, they'll show them everything, and they can give them my scripts of exactly how to do what I've done when it comes to 
getting people to give you their information through a relationship-driven process that they actually thank you for instead of feeling like they're a marketing, you know, fill out this form, you know, get this. I don't want to make people feel that way. Mm. So anyway, it, it would be okay if I give your audience yeah, a little gift because I know we're, we're at that time. So if, if, you go, if you're listening right now and you go to rayperez360.com, you can connect with me on any of my social medias, check out my Forbes article, my Entrepreneur, Los Angeles Tribune, my podcast, everything's on there. But there's a contact button on the top right. When you click that contact button, it'll say send text at the top. If you text me your full name and your best email and say that you heard me on this podcast, what I will do is I will send you a link so that you can have a free 360 site and I'll give you my entire script an entire training video on exactly how to be able to do this lead generation from a podcast, from a talk, talk show, from a live stream, from a Facebook interview, from a live physical event, or even a virtual event. Nice. Thank yeah. you. My pleasure. Yay. All right. Final question. I asked all my guests. If six-year-old Ray were sitting next to you right now. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> what would you say to him? I, I would say to six-year-old Ray, I would say, focus on always giving. Focus on giving love to everyone you meet in everything you do. Mm. And strive for excellence, no matter what it is. If you're going to scrub toilets, you'd be the best damn toilet scrubber there is on the planet. Yeah. And do it with love, do it with commitment, and always be a giver. Mm. That's the core of Buddhism. One of the teachings, at least, is do whatever you do, do well. Do it, do it your best. Well, I didn't know that. Thank you for yeah, sharing. Yeah, it's really special. It's one of my favorite things. Ah, oh, what a treat. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for sharing Pleasure. all your wisdom. What a great podcast. I'm really excited to re-listen. And then that, that specific exercise, we're writing out the five... Offerings. Unique selling proposition. Really Five beautiful. results. Five results. Three benefits of each of the results. That's going to give you the language to build your USB. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Oh, I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. I love you all. I'll see you on the next podcast.